something tonight that to me feels like it probably should be a series, but so we're going to, and it probably will, I just, I'm not going to be sharing next week. Next week we have the awesome privilege of having Gary speaking, uh, which is always great, so you definitely don't want to miss that. I'm thankful in advance that he's coming to share. It's been, it'll, it'll be good. Uh, this week, um, uh, this week we started uh, digging the foundation for our house. That happened uh, today, and but uh, as I'm getting prepped for that, I was reminded of something, that, uh, a message I listened to, right? It was before Christmas. There was, uh, Andy Stanley was doing this series, but there was just this one line that he, that he mentioned uh, in, in the series he was talking about, and it just kind of stuck with me, and it's, it's just been mulling over for a number of months. And so uh, even as I was getting ready for this, I told Beth, I'm like, there's just like way too much stuff. And, and I'm like, it's like two hours. She's like, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, okay, so, so I won't. But uh, tonight, actually, just want to share a little bit, and um, uh, we'll probably share some more on this. And if it brings up questions, ask, because I think that's one of the things we, we want to try and remain as a church is being relevant. We don't want to answer questions nobody's asking. Uh, but tonight, I'm speaking to three different groups of people. There might be some of you here tonight that... Uh, you know, you've you've uh, you've kind of, you're you're on the on the bubble when it comes to faith. You 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 think you know sort of believe, but there's these things you're like, yeah, I'm not really sure. There's some of you here tonight who you just you know I'm you're not a Jesus follower. You're just like I, I don't know what you guys. I just came with my friends. I'm just here. Uh, and then there's others here tonight that you are a Jesus follower and you find yourself around those people lots of times. People who ask you questions or they used to go to church or they used to have faith and and they don't anymore. And so tonight I I, I want to. I guess I want to challenge each and every one of us with this thought of, of uh, foundations. Have you, uh, have you ever seen a building that uh, you just know the foundation is not that good? You, you can tell on the outside right away there's something wrong with that building. Well, there's famous ones like the Tower of Pisa. Uh, many of you are familiar with this, built in 1173 A.D. Some interesting facts about the Tower of Pisa. Uh, one is that it's leaning, uh, and obviously, you know, that's why it's famous. But this Tower of Pisa took 177 years to build, 177 years. And as you notice, it's got eight stories. But did you realize or did you know that by the time they were building the second story, they already knew it was leaning and they just kept right on going? And they built it right now. It's 13 feet uh, off, off of its foundation at the top just because they, they kept on going. And the problem was the foundation was made of sand rather than rather than uh, what it needed to be to hold up a building of that size. And for some of you, you're looking at me like, oh, yeah, that's not that interesting. And the women are like, eh, it's buildings and stuff. So I have something for you. Did you realize that with makeup, the foundation is the most important part of the makeup that you wear? I don't think you might not have known that. But Cindy Crawford said that the foundation is the most individualized makeup that you each wear as women. That's you learned something tonight. Thank you, Cindy. You know, but I just, as I researched this, and I, I know you're like, how do you know this stuff? Thanks, Google. But there's all kinds of different types of foundation, like the liquid, the cream, the cake, the mineral, the spray on. And it's not just deciding what type, but deciding what color. I had no idea you women had such difficult uh, choices ahead of you. But for instance, if you get the color wrong, uh, people know, right? And they look and they're like, girl, that shade is way too ashy for your complexion and your tone, right? So, you know, maybe for you, I'm just going to check tonight and see. Now that I know what to look for, you guys look pretty good tonight. But, you know, the foundation is so important. If you get that wrong, it could be a big mess. It could cost you a lot. You never know. So either way you look at foundations tonight, I want to 
Uh, uh, as we were getting ready to build our house, they, uh, uh, they tell us that they have to have inspections. They've got to come and look at the, the footings before we put them in, and then they've got to come later on and look at the walls and make sure that that's all secure, and they come back. So they're checking the foundations out twice, and we're like, why? Why is it the most important? Why does it have the most inspections? And, and it's realizing because a house is a very valuable thing, and they want to make sure that you've got the foundation done right. And I thought, you know, that's really, it's, it is true, right? Our houses are valuable things, but how much more valuable is your life? infinitely more valuable. How much more valuable are our children and the foundation of their lives? Immeasurably more valuable than a house. And I don't know if maybe you've, maybe you've built stuff. Have you ever built something that you didn't have the foundation quite right? You know, the doghouse that's now the, the you know, upside down doghouse, or maybe you built like a shop or something and it's not, it's not there. You know, maybe some of we've seen it or built it, but what about our lives? Have you ever built, you know, parts of your life, built a marriage on a foundation that wasn't strong? You know, built your parenting on foundation that wasn't strong. Built your faith on something that wasn't strong. So tonight, um, there's some, some of the thoughts came from some conversations that I've had. I was speaking with a man this, uh, just this past week. He's young uh, and just found out that uh, he most likely has ALS. And he's got a couple, you know, a couple years is what the doctors kind of tell him. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I just... I just didn't expect this. I, you know, he says, I, I don't deserve this. I was a good person. And I began to share with him the gospel and what Jesus says about, um, about life and about faith. And I asked him, hey, what do you think about God? And after, after I'd shared kind of the gospel message with him, he said to me these words. He's like, you know, after hearing that, he says, I feel like maybe I've done my life all wrong. I feel like maybe I've done my life all wrong. And so today, I would hate for that to be the, the, the words that would come out of our mouths um, down the road in our life. And so today, I just want to encourage us to take a, a foundation inspection of our lives. What is our lives, what are we building our lives on? What is our faith being built on? Uh, we know that many, especially younger people, have walked away from faith or, or just left faith altogether simply because, you know, the foundation didn't, didn't hold up to how life has gone for them. And so we're going to jump right in this morning or this, this night. Well, all right, so we're going to jump right in tonight. It is night, right? Yes, all right, just, just checking, make sure you guys are awake. Uh, but Jesus' most famous message, Jesus, the, one that, the message that Jesus is most famous for uh, is the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the one that, you know, it's got the Beatitudes, and it's got, like, don't judge others, and the Golden Rule, and, and a whole bunch of other uh, things in it. Uh, Luke actually writes a very similar, Matthew's the one who writes the Sermon on the Mount, and, and and uh, writes that for us. But there's another guy named Luke, and he writes it down, but he writes it about it was a sermon on the plane. And it, does, it doesn't have all the same things, but it's got a lot of the same things. And what a lot of scholars have uh, deduced from that is that Jesus probably didn't just talk about this on the mountain or in the plane, but that these were things that he commonly talked about all over the place, things that he taught often. Uh, whether he did or not, we still have, and it has been taught everywhere, all over the world, simply because they wrote it down. And so we have the chance to read it tonight, Matthew chapter 7. This is at the, you know, uh, very, um, the very end of this message of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says these words to the people who are listening. He's like, anyone. Who's anyone? Yeah, anyone sitting there that day. You know, the moms trying to keep their kids quiet. The, the dads who are just sitting, you know, in the front rows or whatever. He says to them, anyone. Anybody then, anybody now, anyone's an anyone. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. And for many of you who went to Sunday school, this is not new material. 
You know, you've, you've heard this before. You've probably, you know, made the little, you know, sand or whatever uh, and seen the flannel board or whatever it was for you. This is a really, really famous saying of Jesus. What is he saying? He's like, anyone who, who listens to my teaching and anyone who follows it, anyone who's a Jesus follower, he says that person is like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it's built on bedrock. It's built on a strong foundation. Then he says in uh, verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it's foolish. They're like a person who builds their house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. He's like anyone who's a Jesus follower, anyone who actually follows what I'm saying, it's like they're building their life on, on something solid. Uh, and then Jesus, later, earlier to the first disciples and later to all disciples, he said, I don't want you just to follow my teachings. I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. And whoever follows me is building their life on something strong, building their life in a way that will last. And when's it going to matter? Well, when storms come. And he doesn't say, you know, if storms are going to come in your life. Storms are going to come in your life. This guy that I talked to, he didn't think that this was ever going to happen to him, not let alone at age, you know, 42. You know, that, that, that storm would come into his life. It's, and, and Jesus was saying to them, there's storms coming. How many of you had some storms in your life? Anybody, you know, this week maybe? You know, the foundation of our lives will be tested all the time. And it's one of the things that I realized for some of the younger generation um, of, uh, that we have in our, in, our, in our churches that that foundation gets tested. And sometimes it's not, it's not strong enough to withstand the tests of life. Uh, Jesus said the second part was anyone. Anyone who builds their uh, life on the sand, anyone who's listening or hears the teachings but doesn't actually follow them, they're building their house on a foundation as well. Everybody's building their life, whether you know it or not. You're doing it right now. You're building your life right now on a foundation of some sort. Well, will it stand the test of time? Will your, will your faith stand the test of time? Will it stand the test of the storms of life? You know, there, in 2012, there was Hurricane Sandy. I picked that one because, you know, it's the sand, you know, the building a rock, building the sand. But Hurricane Sandy did stuff like this to houses. Hurricane Sandy in 2012 did $70 billion U.S. dollars worth of damage just in a couple days. 70 billion U.S. Like, that's like 3 trillion Canadian. Like, that is massive, massive amounts of money. Great cost. And when Jesus was saying that the person who builds their house on the sand, there's great cost when that fails. And I think that we as a church need to realize that if it's, if it's not for the people in this room, it's for the people outside of this room that we come in contact, to, uh, in contact with, that if our faith isn't built on a strong enough foundation, there will be great cost to the church. Great cost in the next generation. Great cost of the generation of, to, to follow them. We'll lose our teens. We'll lose our kids simply because the foundation won't stand the test of time. Paul but it can, and it should, and here's why. Paul, Paul wrote to the new believers all over the Roman Empire. When he wrote to them, they were baby Christians. They were just starting out with a brand new foundation and just starting out on, on, a, on a journey with Christ, a journey of faith. And Paul wanted to make sure that they were absolutely crystal clear on what their faith should be based on, that when storms came, they knew what their faith was based on. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says it this way. 
He wrote it to many of them. He wrote to the Galatians about this. He wrote to the Corinthians. He wrote to the Romans he, about this. He said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are going to build on it, but whoever is building on this foundation, and for them, they are talking about some of the teachers, but even in our own lives, whoever of our own builds on the foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. He's saying the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our life in Christ is one thing. One, and it's not even a thing. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. He says other teachers were coming in and they were confusing them saying, you know, with the Galatians, they were like, yeah, it's Jesus, but you also got to, you know, you got to follow these uh, other laws. And they'd be like, okay, we'll do that. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. No, it's just Jesus. And, and for, for the Corinthians, they were, you know, following G, um, Jesus uh, and accept, accepted Christ, but then they're like, but we really like Paul. And some are like, no, we don't like Paul as much as we like Apollos. And, and there was other teachers that are like, hey, we follow this guy, we follow this guy. He's like, listen, none of that matters. What really, really matters is that you understand that Jesus is the only foundation and everything else comes back to that. And the reason why I wanted to talk about is I've seen and the conversations I have with people who would call themselves Christians, I find many people don't understand this simple, simple concept that our foundation of our faith is built on Jesus Christ alone. Alone. Uh, For some, they build different foundations, and here's a few of them. Foundations of circumstantial faith. The foundation is that as they walk through their life as Christians, it's like, the, it's like the Fairweather friend. It's like the bandwagon fan. It's like, you know, I saw this Blue Jays fan, and I thought, man, this guy is truly a fan. He is committed. Like, he's, I know, wow is right. Dye in the beard and the whole bit. This guy is like, he is definitely committed. Me as a Blue Jays fan, I'm more like, if they're winning, I'm a Blue Jays fan. If they're not winning, what's baseball, right? I don't even care, right? My buddy's like, hey, want to go to the game? I don't know, you know, that they're not good this year. I'm just that, I'll, I'll cheer for the Yankees. And he's like, what? How can you, how can you just flip and flop? Because that's the kind of fan I am. As long as they're winning, I'll, I'll follow them. And, and, and in conversations I've had with people, this is the, this is the, the words that, don't, that, that come out, but they don't say it in these words, but this is that thought. Yeah, you know what? I trust God, and you know, I'll follow God as long as he does what I want him to do. Then I'm good with God, as, and God's good when everything goes my way, the way that I want it to go. And it's like we flip the order. God's not actually God. We are. We want him to do what we want him to do. And if he doesn't, well, then I'm not going to grace you with following you. For some, it's the thought that, you know, when things are going good, well, then I believe there's, there's a God. You know, that there's an answered prayer. and like, oh, God is good. You know, yeah, thank, you know, that was, that was definitely God. It was an answered prayer. You know, you hear, oh, it's a God thing for sure. I got a parking spot at the mall. There was like none. And all of a sudden I got, it's like, it's a God thing. You know, God just, he just did it. You know, and then it's the flip side. When things go badly, all of a sudden you talk to them and say, is that a God thing now? Is God still there? Like, ah, you know, we're not, we're not going to talk about that. And, and, and then I find, because I, I don't always get those phone calls, the good ones. I get a lot of the bad ones where people are like, yeah, you know what? Things are not going well. And, and then there's this, these things, and I'm angry at God is the next line in the sentence. You know, where I'm so confused, you know. I thought God wanted me to date that person. I thought they were the answer to my prayers. I, I thought this. I thought I was supposed to do this. And this disillusioned. I thought if I gave money in the offering, then I wouldn't have any, you know, bills to pay. I didn't think there was this, that God was going to do what, what God was going to do. 
And maybe that's the case because maybe someone told you that that's the way God is. Maybe someone's told you that God answers all your prayers. I just drove here on the way to church and saw another church's sign that says, God answers knee mail. And I'm like, ugh, so cheesy and just so not true. You know, yes, God answers prayer, but not the fact that God answers every single If God answered all of our prayers, who would you be married to? You're like, don't even dare look. Just look straight ahead. She doesn't know, you know? <laughs> so many things we pray for that God didn't answer prayers. But for some, it's like, man, I don't know if God really loves me or cares about me because he didn't really. And maybe for you, it's like this, this thought of you got some really, really bad news. Um, maybe, you know, for you, you got the doctor saying, hey, you've got this illness. Maybe for you, you know, you heard about a loved one and they're like, yes, it's, it's terminal. Or maybe the bad news was your parents told you, sat you down and said, you know what, we're not going to live together anymore. Or maybe for you, it was your spouse saying, you know what, I just don't want to do this thing called marriage with you anymore. And you thought, you know, God, how could you let this happen to me? It's like this thought, God, if you're good, how could you let this happen to me? How? And it's that thought, you know, God, how could a good God let bad things happen to good people? Ever heard that before? See, the thing is, you'll never hear that from Jesus because it's not what Jesus taught. And it's not even what Jesus lived. When you think about it, some really, really bad stuff happened to a really, really good person. When you think of the cross happening to Jesus, that's how is God allowing something so bad to happen to someone so good. It's, it's, not, it's not the foundation. And for some, that's where their foundation is built. And when things don't go right, they're just like, ah, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Could it be possible that you or those around you are building, building their life, building their faith on the wrong foundation? You know, sometimes it's big storms that take out that really test and take out our foundation. There's people that, you know, used to come here, and I know that they're not going anywhere now because things have happened in their life, and they've been jaded. You know, it's like, ah, oh, it, it just sort of took them out. Some of them were big things, and others were not big things at all. Sometimes it's just little, little things. Um, you know, my neighbors, their house uh, two summers ago was really, really dry. The ground sort of dried up and, and separated from their foundation, and then water began to trickle down there, and they didn't get it fixed on time, and the water began to find its way into the foundation. Then winter happened, and the water froze and began to break their foundation apart. And so now the back corner of their house is sinking, and he told me it's between thirty-five and 50000 bucks to fix. Great cost. But something so simple and so small. And it was, for some, that's what happens is that, that the foundation of, their, of our faith, foundation of faith gets just eroded away slowly, these simple things. And for some, it's you know, that their foundation of their faith is built on their, what they were told as children. Childhood faith, you know, uh, you went to Sunday school and it was easy to believe as a child. I believe everything that they told me. And you asked Jesus into your heart and that's kind of where it started and that's where it ended. And then, you know, maybe you went to camp and you asked Jesus into your heart again just in case because it felt like the first time didn't take. And then you like, you know, a couple times later, you, you asked Jesus in your heart like tons of times. And then, you know, you begin praying later and then really important prayers don't get answered. Or then, you know, you went off to university and all of a sudden then university, they, they tell you, hey, you know, there's some stuff at the beginning of the Bible that doesn't line up with science. And, and you know, because of that, you just got to toss the whole Bible. It's just all fairy tales. And you're like, ah, yeah, I just made, that makes sense and toss it off to the side. You know, or you find out that some of the rules um, that you see in the Bible, you're like, oh, those, those rules, they kind of cramp my style. If I didn't believe that, then I could do this. And for some, you know, it's this, this basis that you, it, it had to be blind faith. 
you know, it, you just have to kind of close your eyes and believe something. You know, just, you, you know, the Bible, it maybe it all doesn't make sense, but you just, you just got to keep believing. Don't stop believing. Don't ask any questions. You know, just, just believe. Just keep going on Sunday mornings. But you had questions, and those questions didn't have answers. And so you just slowly drifted away, and now you're like, I don't, I don't know if I really believe. And maybe that's you tonight, but maybe it's family members around you. Maybe it's those that you work with that you're like, yeah, that's, that's what happened to them. Foundation, so important. Third, third and final one, the foundation. You know, maybe, the, maybe the foundation for you was presented as keeping the Ten Commandments. Maybe you were presented with a, risk, a, a list of rules to live by. You know, I ask people sometimes, you know, are you a Christian? They're like, yeah. Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? And they'll tell me this, that it's to read the Bible and keep the Ten Commandments. That's what it means to be a Christian. Read the Bible and keep the Ten Commandments. And as they live their life, they're like, man, I'm not sure if I'm actually good enough. I don't know if I can keep the, ten, keep the whole Ten Commandments. And, and, then, and then you realize that the church you went to maybe added a whole bunch more rules. And you're like, oh, you know, there's so many rules now. You know, no long hair, no tattoos, no country music. And you're like, oh, that's it. That's deal breaker. You know, I can't, I can't do this. And maybe, you know, maybe you tried to keep them all, but then you ended up at church. You just felt like so guilty every Sunday. Like, I hate this. I can't keep the rules. I go. I feel guilty. I don't want to feel guilty anymore. I just don't want any of that. Or maybe you just like, uh, you just got tired of faking it. You just had everybody else around thinking, oh, we've got it all together. But you know, Jesus never taught that. Jesus didn't come and say, hey, I came just to make sure that you keep the Ten Commandments. He didn't. He said, you know, the Ten Commandments are simply to, to show you that you need a Savior. The Ten Commandments simply show you that you can't do it. And once you realize that you can't keep them, you'll know that, that you need a Savior. And I'm here for that reason. Jesus is saying you can't earn salvation. You can't deserve salvation. And he gave us one commandment. One commandment. Do you know what it is? Love others the way I loved you. That's it. One commandment. Just love others the way I loved you. And you ask that question, well, how do I do that? <laughs> how did Jesus love me? And I love this, Romans chapter 5. Paul wrote to the Romans, and he was explaining this whole thing of what Christ did for them, that it was Christ alone. And here's what he wrote. He says, when we, and I just encourage you to put your, put your own self in, as being the ones receiving this letter. And Paul writing to the, to the uh, people of Haldeman, Norfolk County, when you, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us sinners. He didn't wait for us to get it all together. He came when we were still messed up. He says, now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us. He showed his great love for you. He showed his great love for me by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, God didn't show his love for you by giving you more rules. God didn't show his love for you by answering all your prayers. God didn't show his love for you by making your life perfect, but he showed his love for you. God demonstrated his love for you. And it says in verse 9, And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. He says, since we have been made right, that somebody else did it for us. He says in verse 10, For since our friendship with God was restored, these, these words that he uses, these relational terms, he says that we've been restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. We will certainly be saved. You want confidence in what you can just bank on? The fact that you can have faith that is so strong, such a solid foundation is simply this. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. 
God showed, he demonstrated his love for us, none of the following things were ever meant to be the foundation. For people who's like, yeah, you know, I tried that and I kind of left it. For most of the people who have done that, it's never been because of Jesus. It's been be some, some other foundation that they built their life on that was never meant to stand. But a foundation in Christ is where he's called us to be. None of those were meant to be the reason that we could put our faith in God. None of those were the reason that we could trust God uh, and the fact that he loves us. None of, none of those were the reasons. But there is a reason. We can know that Christ loves us. We can know that God loves us. And we can trust that completely based on what he's done for us. Based on what he's done for you. Based on what he's done for me. See, Jesus died like every other great teacher before him. Buddha, teacher, died. Krishna, teacher, died. Jesus, teacher, died. And then he did something that no other teacher did. He rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. The fact that he rose from the dead to prove he's God. And when you can trust what he says, you can't trust what everyone says. Well, I learned that the hard way this week. But God's not a man that he would lie. You can trust what God says. And when God makes a promise, you can trust that promise. But I can tell you one thing. Sometimes you've, you've thought that God makes promises God never made. You know, God, he thought, oh, if we, if we do this and this and this, then God's going to have to do this. And he's like, I never promised I would do that. But when he promises that he loves you, when he promises that he's forgiven you, when he promises that he's going to prepare a place for you and he's coming back for you and you can have eternal life as a result of faith in him, you can take that to the bank as a foundation more solid than anything, than anything else. When things don't go well, he still loves you. When things are like, you know, going great, he loves you. When things have got all messed up, you're forgiven because of what Jesus has done. That foundation is powerful. What are you building your life on? Are you building your life on that fact? Are you building your faith on that fact? Are we building that, our, our children's faith on that fact? So wrapping it up tonight, to give you some things, you know, just some thoughts to ponder. Jesus simply said, wise people build their house on something rock solid. We know that when it comes to houses, but he says, wise people build their life on someone rock solid. Come follow me. There's wisdom in that. You know, Jesus said that he would build his church on a solid rock. And, and, and as he said to Peter, when Peter said, Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. He's like, that's it. When people know that, he says, that's what I'm building my church on. Paul wrote that there's only one foundation, and it's Jesus Christ alone. And the author of Hebrews reminds us that it doesn't only start with that, but that it continues with that. That it's not just starting with Jesus as the, the focus, it's continuing with that. And I love the song we sang tonight, We Look to the Sun. You know where that came from? It came from this, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 follows this, this amazing uh, uh, chapter of all of the heroes who live their lives by faith, by trusting in God. And, and Paul says, or the, whoever the author of Hebrews is, says it this way. He says, since, since we have all these witnesses, since we have all these people who have gone before who live their lives by faith, there are a huge crowd of witnesses. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let's run with endurance the race that God set before us. Verse 2, he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's a reminder to every Jesus follower here tonight. We continue this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'd ask myself that question today. It's like, did I have my eyes on Jesus all week? I looked and I was like, there's, I, I, there's moments where I realized, you know what? I was looking to someone else or to myself to kind of make things, make things work. There's bad news that I get and like, oh, if I do this and I do this, I can kind of make this all 
And then there's my wife who just reminds me, we just keep our eyes on Jesus. It's all going to be good. Tonight, the same thing to remind us to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what storm you're in. He's the champion who initiates. He's the foundation, and he's the finisher of our faith. And because of the joy that was awaiting him, he endured the cross. He disregarded the shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Keep on looking to Jesus. For those who are Jesus followers, I want to remind you of that. Keep on looking to Jesus. Whether you're in a storm or you're about to go through one or you just came out of one, keep your eyes on Jesus. And for those you come into contact with who've got these thoughts, we're like, ah, you know, tried faith, tried Christianity, tried church, tried all that thing. To remind them or to share with them that it really was not about any of those. It's what do you think about Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? I'll leave you with a song. It's by Edward Moat. Edward Moat was uh, born in 1797, became a pastor years later in his life, and he wrote this song. I love these lyrics. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness seems to veil his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant and blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. And here's the words you probably know on Christ the solid rock, I stand. All other ground, it's sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And he says, when the last trumpet's voice shall sound, oh, may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, faithless or faultless to stand before his throne. When I think of these words, when I think of these lyrics, that idea that it continues on, that today as we look at our lives, as we do a foundation inspection of our own lives, what are you building your life and your faith on? Could you answer that question saying, yeah, I'm always keeping my eyes on Jesus, or maybe I need to be reminded of that. What are we building the foundation for our children's lives on? Are we pointing them to Ten Commandments, or are we pointing them to Jesus? Sean Brandow, he's the Chaplain for the Humboldt Broncos, famous now because of the message he spoke after that incredible tra tragedy. He spoke about the coach of the team who had asked him to be the chaplain, and he said, you know, what do I, what do I tell these boys? Like, sure, I'll come and travel and be their pastor, but what, what do I tell a hockey team full of young uh, adolescent boys? And Darcy Hahn, who was the coach, just said this, he just said these simple words to them. He said, just give them Jesus. That's it. Just give them Jesus. On the bus, just give them Jesus. In the rink, when they're going through difficult stuff, just give them Jesus. That is our commission to the world, to just give them Jesus. That our focus and our foundation would be built simply just on what Jesus has done and who Jesus is for us. Matt, and I believe it for the next generation as well. Matt Chandler said this, and it was just something that has stuck with me ever since. He said, I can't save my children. You know, that as, a, as a parent, that's probably one of the scariest things that I think about, that I cannot save or guarantee the salvation of my children. They each have the chance to make that decision for themselves. But he said this, he says, I can't make my children serve Christ. I just don't want to be the reason why they don't. I can't make my children serve Christ, but I just don't want to be the reason why they don't. As a church... I encourage you to look around to see how many teenagers we have here. How many should we? You know, that we start reaching out to our, our kids, as we start reaching out to the teens around us, that we would offer them Jesus. Above all things, offering them 
Jesus. I love the lines of that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. And one, one uh, person who sang it just said, on Jesus Christ, my righteousness. So the question for you tonight is, what, what is your faith built on? Is it one of those things where it's like when everything goes bad, you're like, oh, I don't know, God. Kind of, I'm not sure. Is it built on those things of like, oh, I didn't really keep the Ten Commandments too well this week. Was it based on all kinds of rules? Or was it simply based on the fact that Jesus came and gave his life for you and that it's no trust of my own, but I know that I'm righteous because he has made me so, that, that no matter what I face, that his love for me never fails, and that no matter what I go through, I will keep my eyes on the sun. I will keep my eyes on Jesus. What's yours built on? What are you challenging the next generation to build their faith on? Because that foundation matters. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for sending Jesus to show us who you are and what you're like, for showing us your incredible love, how much you care about each and every one of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Sometimes we forget it, Lord, and we, uh, we approach the world in a different way, but help us have our eyes open just to see them the way you do, to see people the way you do with incredible love, to love others the way you've loved us. Thank you, thank you for that. Father, I pray that where there may be cracks in foundation for people, that tonight as we look at that, that we would uh, again set our sights on, uh, on you and have our foundation built firmly on what you have done for us and nothing, nothing else. Thank you for that. May we uh, have opportunities this week to reach the world for you and with you. In your name we pray. Amen.